This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Marvel podcast with your host Mark and myself, Paul. And our guest tonight, Michael. On today's show, we will look at the latest rumours and gossip around Celtic. We'll have a brief chat about the weekend defeat to Rangers. Mark and Michael will give their views on the referee standards in Scotland. After Callumac being sent off at the weekend, we will talk about the financial situation at Celtic after the impact of COVID-19 this season. Is Peter Law really staying at the club as a consultant to Dominic McKay. John and Mark will also, John, uh, sorry, Michael and Mark will also talk about the rebuild and is it already starting? And lastly, we is there a lawsuit coming on the hands of Celtic by former player and now pundit Andy Walker? And we will talk about Chai Nicholas' uh, uh, thoughts on Scott Brown. Firstly, before I hand off to Mark, I'd like to wish him a happy birthday. And without you, none of this podcast would be happening. So for myself, Mark, a very happy birthday to yourself. Off to you for shout-outs. Much, Paul. You, you work as hard as I do doing this. I don't say it's all because of me, mate. Uh, evening. How are you anyway, Paul? Good. Good. Uh, back at work now. Back at work. And uh, I, I kind of recovered after the weekend anyway. <laughs> Chat the night, Terence and evening Terence, Bobby Sutherland, a Glasgow Greens in as well. Evening lads, just sound still okay, aye? Well, they were shout outs. Eh, just the usual shout outs to Tim Alloy and Malika. But I don't think he's ever got a date yet that he can get home to see his family. But hopefully it'll be soon. And ROH is recovering from his operation. So get well soon there, ROH. Uh, young Ben, he's doing quite well. Perhaps talked to Steph last night. He says he's worked really hard. He's determined he'll be back on his feet faster than the doc- doctors think. So that's good for him. Keep keep up, mm-hmm. and you'll get there, wee man. And just to thank everybody on the forum and that for the birthday wishes yesterday. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Hail, hail. Perfect. So now we'll move on to Celtic rumours and gossip. Kevin Phillips has said that Ejin Shikari should consider a uh, move to Celtic to resurrect his career and that Celtic should consider making a loan off for the player at the end of the season. Ryan Christie has told Celtic that he won't sign a new contract and wants to leave with immediate effect once the chance window starts open, with Norwich and Burnley both interested. Christoph Foy is another player that sees his career away from Celtic and would prefer a move to Newcastle. It rumours that Newcastle had scouts at Ibox at the weekend and valued the player at a cut price of £8 million. Next week, 
John Kenny has reported that the Celtic board are trying to persuade Olivier and Champ to sign a new contract and would see him as a key player for the incoming manager. Lee Griffiths looks like said to be handed a Celtic lifeline by the board telling him at the weekend that the next manager will consider his contract. Firstly, Mac, we'll start with uh, Shakiri. If there was an approach for Shakiri by Celtic, would that be someone who you would look at, or is he out of Celtic's radar with the wages and stuff like that? I think his wages are he's about 80, 80 grand a week, I think, Paul. Mm-hmm. Take it. We'd have to get Liverpool to take some of the the, the wage as well, wouldn't we? We couldn't expect to be paying that kind of of money. Track situation at Liverpool? I think it's another another year or two left in this. So it'll be a loan offer because he wants to go on loan. He said he wants to leave, that he's not paying regular than than he thought. And... He said uh, he's not enjoying football at the moment. Oh, I, you know, I would definitely take him alone. No doubt about it. He's a quality player, but I just can't really see it happening. I think there'd be a lot, no say bigger teams, well off teams that would be a lot, able to pay a lot higher percentages wages than us. Would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting to hear the news about Olivia and Chan uh, and the board trying to convince him to stay on for another season or two to sign a new contract. As they see him as a key player for the income man, do you think maybe the income manager has approached the board about Olivia and Chan Mark? Seems as this uh, gossip came up. It must be something like that, or it has just made up gossip. If there's any truth in it, it must be whoever's coming in as manager. Managers. And I mean, Encham, he did. At times he looked a really good player for us, and other times he didn't seem interested. And but, but he happened under Rogers, so you can't even say, oh, maybe he fell out with Lennon, that's why he was so bad this year or that, but ah, how can he really want him back? He's not too consistent enough, Mark, to, to be considered, like, you know, one or two games, and he never seems to show up in big games. I know he scored a goal for us in Europe last season and stuff like that, and, but he's never showed up in big games, really, when, when, when we played him. So, you know, he seemed to be kind of jumping out of tackles or he's he's not passing the ball right. He, he's not the player what, what we thought he would be and what he was there to become, you know? No, it's it just consistency with him. Mm-hmm. He's, we, we could, the way he performed this season when he was hearing that, we could say that about umpteen players, Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean there, there is a good player in Encham if he sees something in the live chat. William there says if he gets his head sorted, because he's sitting in the right place with the right manager, he would be a good player. But that's, that's a but you strange think one that the board's thinking. Do you, do, do you think it's all like that? Maybe Celtic haven't been competing properly in Europe, Mark. That he's getting frustrated like this, like that. He he wants to be playing in the Champions League's group stage. Maybe that's why he signed for us back then. That he he was thought he'd play in the Champions League's group stages and. Since he's kind of been here, really, only Brendan Rodgers himself, they have failed to qualify for these champions, these groups. Do you think that's a, maybe? He's got, to, he's got to shoulder some of the responsibility for his no qualifying for them. All the, mm-hmm. all the players that have failed today have got to shoulder some of the responsibility. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, see, players shouldn't come out with nonsense like that. It's, but one, it's like seeing players who want to move to a Champions League club. 
They're not talking mm-hmm. about moving to a club in the Champions League. To see if they were, come to Celtic then for 30, 40 grand. Exactly. They're, exactly. They're, they're, they're talking about they want to move to a club that pays Champions League wages. That's what yeah. they, they come out with yeah. this talk. It's nothing to do with Exactly. Exactly. Now, we toss maybe Lee Griffiths being overlooked on on the weekend by, by John Kennedy that his career was finished at Celtic, but supposedly he was told... Uh, after the game on uh, on early Monday morning, that the new manager will be deciding on his future. Uh, it's a strange one because I, I I can't see the point in Kennedy bringing on Mickey Johnson at the weekend when we had a striker of Lee Griffiths quality on the bench. You know, it's hard to see where the board are coming with this one. You know, are they make are they, are they going away with the new manager to make decision, or do you think Marky has been told by being overlooked at the weekend? Again, it's like the it's like the Encham thing. There's mm-hmm. Encham and Lee Griffiths, two stories coming out of the board. The border want to keep them. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I wouldn't like to think the board's making a football decisions. Paul, we've been through that a million times. You know what I mean? It should be exactly. people, but things like that happening, you've got to think again. As it's man, as the new manager working in the background. Exactly. That's the, that kind of seems to be it. Like that, oh, there was already a manager in place, and he's actually telling the board about his decisions. Maybe he knows what players are leaving and what players their contracts are up. And maybe Lee Griffiths is actually one of them. Um, our first guest tonight is uh, is is going to be Michael. That's um, Michael Dundee from the forum. And for our new subscribers to the podcast and. Who, who don't know what the Celtic form is, it's a, a Celtic banter page that's on the, the web. It's CelticLumasTV.co.uk, where we have news of Celtic supporters who give their opinions about Celtic. If you have time, look it up, as there's very interesting topics that fans of Celtics discuss. Can we get Michael on the line? I should be there. You there, Michael? Mike Leader. Hello. Oh, Michael. Welcome back to the show, Michael. How are you recovered uh, after the, the weekend or has it slowly started to die away? Um, I, was, I was recovered not long after it because it was what I expected to yeah. anyway. Yeah. Have you recovered from your birthday yet? Uh, a bit of sugar overload, Michael, but I'm getting, I'm getting near the day. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, but he says you've got one day a year to enjoy all that cake. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Michael, just going by the, the the gossip coming out of the Celtic. Uh, what's your review that uh, like the Celtic board are trying to persuade, if it's true, Olivia Champ to stay on next season for the uh, signing contract? Again, it's just ridiculous. That again, it's not uh, how, what Mark echoed. Why would it be up to the board? Who to keep? It's up to the manager. Mm-hmm. And if even and if it is Eddie Howe that's coming in, or whoever it is, if they want to keep Olivier and Cham, that's worrying to me in the first place. After what he did, like he's one of the players that are down tools at the start of the season, trying to force through a move. Why exactly. is it offer somebody like that a new deal? Mhm. It is. It market. It's like offer a player a new deal like that has really down tools for us, and he was kind of part of this group of players. That didn't want to be here, really, ain't this? Corey Blibby thought we see a big problem at the start of the season, and he was stuck in the middle of it all. 
Mm-hmm. I just think it's bizarre all round. Even if, it, if as I was saying, even if it is Eddie Howe, why would you want a want a player like that in your team? Funny. <laughs> down tools and spit the dummy out to that kind of degree, just when they're all getting their own way. Just briefly on the match, because I know we spoke to Michael after it on Sunday. Uh, is there anything you would have changed looking back in the match that you, you, you thought Kennedy would do, Mark? You know, I know we spoke about Zora coming in, but is there anything else you think he should have done in that game? I see it was all the time. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Mm. We all agreed before the game on Sunday that was probably. Not the team we expected, that we would have chosen, that's what we expected John Kennedy to pick, it was probably was our strongest team, apart from maybe as we've said Brown, just, that, that would have been the only change I'd have made, and we said that but before it, I was happy that he changed Laxalt over for Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, apart from that, the only thing I would have changed is Brown for Sorrow, mm-hmm. but the red card, that messed up, it didn't really mess the full team up kind of thing. And what's your thoughts on the the apology that that came out kind of a uh, kind of early Monday by Scott Brown, Michael, that he apologised for this season, the the way Celtic fell this season? Do you think it's a bit little too late? I don't know. I just like through comments like that. I'm not interested. Mhm. Like it says, and if other fans are going to take that rubbish on board, then more fuel them. I mean, going back onto Kennedy, I'm still trying to get over Mikey Johnson coming on for Edward. Mm-hmm. one of the decisions made in that game. What Mark said, like, that was near enough of a strongest team that we could have picked other than Brown. But it's and strange, like, because, like, Mickey Johnson, like, Lamarck, like, he only came back from injury. He he has played few games. And, like, being over, Griffith's been overlooked. Like, it, it is a strange one, like, really, isn't it? That, that substitution, isn't this, Mark? Well, we said that, you know, was with two strikers on the bench and Griffiths and a Yeti, and yet he put a winner on the play up front. What's their fitness levels? Were they only fit enough to make up, we said it, to sit there and make up the numbers? Were they never going exactly. to mm-hmm. Exactly. Look, I think we'll, we spoke about the match in depth on Sunday, so I'll, I'll push on just away from that. Firstly, I, I want to bring this up again because there's a few people talking on the forum about the, the standards of referees, so... Uh, the reason we're talking about this is because the the second yellow card issue was Scott Brown at the weekend. Some people are saying that according to the rules, that, uh, yeah, sorry, Callum that because the referee played on, and he that that second yellow shouldn't have been issued to the Callum Mac, and according to the rules of the game, that if the play isn't stopped. Or if he wasn't interfering with play and he, he stopped the goal being being scored, he shouldn't have been. Do you know what's your judgment on that, Mark? Is well, I never I never gave it any thought at all. Eh? I seen it on the forum in mm-hmm. United Ireland. John that was meant to come on and talk about this. He seemed to be right in and about it, and he put up a links to the rule, and it does seem to be right that he shouldn't have been sent off. And I'm not sure, but changed the game or anything like that. But the referees, it was done to the referees should should know the rules of the game. The base, that to me, that's a basic rule of the game, especially if it's something that's only been changed recently. Because when you're a referee, I'm sure you 
when they do all these changes, you go on courses to so that it's drilled into you what the new rules are and that. Mm-hmm. But Michael, is that down to maybe the the lack of training or the lack of investment by the Scottish referee for the Scottish referees, or is it just blatant anti Celtic and pro Rangers in the league? Definitely not anti. It's definitely not anti Celtic. I think it's mm-hmm. anti quality. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, you heard what Jonas said when he was on. That's what I was just going to say. The guy, the, the guy struggles to referee United against Livingston. So how is he going to manage Celtic against Rangers? Mm-hmm. Like do 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 referees uh, in Scotland, Mark Nars, realise the, the magnitude of of these Celtic and Rangers games, and are they too quick to make? These decisions, like we've seen the same with with Beeson there in the last few games, and like when you clearly look at the camera, Beeson wasn't the last man, and Morales wasn't in a scoring area, and it was a straight red card. Like you know, are, are they too quick? These referees in, in showing red cards. It's just incompetence across the board with the referees in Scotland. But just every referee in Scotland isn't up to the job. There isn't one referee that you would say. Can you, can you imagine the uproar if we sent, like we sent a referee, a referee some big like PSG v Real Madrid kind of game? Mm-hmm. Just total, total incompetence. The referees are. I, I don't even know how you could make them any better. People say make them full time. That's not going to make any difference to me. It's just the actual standard the referee in Scotland is at rock bottom. Just, For my club. Too many, Sorry, too, too many of them want to be all about them. They want to be the centre of attention in that as well. It's just, it's need a gut out the full refereeing system. Not just really in Scotland, because England's just as bad. Mm-hmm. Just going by the standards, so, uh, Mikey, like, like how, and we came to live after the game, did John Kennedy and the static backroom staff, were they not aware of this rule that was inside the game? Like, and how can they didn't question this decision by the referee joined the game. You know, do you think they were they weren't informed of this this rule? Or? Yeah, I I I didn't I didn't think much at the time to be honest. And even going on about it now, um, it's not I'm not bothered about it. I just think it's just a smoke screen over how bad the performance was. I think Chief Celtic had come out and said anything about it. I think it would have been just a and it would have been it would have been just looked at as a case of sour grapes. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously mm-hmm. it looks like it was a mistake, but I like I some of the guys on the forum will not probably know that. But I remember referees back in the day like John Robottom and that. And they got a bad stick in that way. I, I actually think that referees have got progressively worse over the years. I'd take John Robottom yeah. But is that is that down to the Scottish FA mark like that? The referees have gotten so bad, like is it lack of training from the Scottish FA, like not sending these players abroad? To get proper experience on UEFA, or that's party, but the party's got to be as well that they don't get punished for making their mistakes. I very rarely get punished for making basic mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're a referee, silly constructive, right? We're just saying for McGregor, right? And I'm no heart moan about it, like Michael says, because the game's been and gone. I'm just using that as another example of incompetent referees. If that, oh, there, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Uh, right, if that had been picked, if that if that rule is what the, what the rule is now, then that referee should be pulled up by the SFA for that and asked why you mm-hmm. don't. You should be asked to explain that. And see if he turns around and says, oh, I didn't know that was the rules. 
he should be demoted for six months. Do you know what I mean? Don't he referee in the championship or something like that? If he's refereeing one of the biggest games in the Scottish calendar and he doesn't know the basic rules of the game, he should be charged yet. The only thing more protected than referees in Scotland are the goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, the, the decisions that they get away with making and just never get held accountable for anything. This is the problem. There's, there's never, there's no punishment. The player gets yeah. sent off for that. They get a three-game ban, a straight red, or a one-game ban if it's two yellows. What do they want to the referees? Like it says, when they hear like numerous bad games, or they get demoted to do another game. They're still refereeing another game of football to make their yeah. bad decisions. So here's a thought like that's something that that that's popped up in the forum that should a Scottish FA hire a retired referee who's refed in Champions League level and refed in uh, World Cup finals, a person who would have been highly regarded in the game by FIFA, his role would be to review all Celtic and Rangers matches firstly and then games, especially local derbies between Hearts, Hibonian, Dundee, Dundee, Nysid, and report back to the, the Scottish FA about the failings of referees in Scottish football. But Should I, something like that come? I don't, I don't, I don't think that's doing that. Yeah. It was Hugh Dallas's job. He was the head of the referees. So there is, there is people there, I don't know, examining, what's the word, scouting, the, whatever you've got, the referees' performances. The SFA will be well aware of the mistakes in that they're making. It's just nothing seems to be done about it. A lot of people are saying that a lot of this will change when VAR comes in. Has anybody actually watched any games in England this season regarding VAR? But that's the thing, Mikey, English don't use VAR the way it was meant to be used. Mm-hmm. They scrutinise every decision, every, like, even like, to the mill. But even FIFA have got a problem with the way England are running their VAR. Because it's meant to be the ref- it's for the referee to go and have another look at it and decide. Yeah, it seems to be about three or four of them. Aye, this other faceless panel that are just making the decisions. Exactly, like the referees in England, Mark. Aye, because then all you're doing is, instead of moaning about the referee making a mistake or getting something wrong, you're moaning, and especially in Scotland, it's going to be, ah, who's making the decisions sitting up in the VAR room? That's it, yeah, like, and the referee yeah. seems to be going with the position to whoever's up in the room. Denmark and England, don't they? There seems to be, no one seems to be kind of changing the rules. Yeah, no one no one seems to be overruled. And, like, like going back to 2010, when the, the referees went in strike and we had referees from Luxembourg, like, it, it, should this something that maybe you should consider, like, in maybe once a month, uh, Scottish referees go off to a different league and maybe referees from Luxembourg come off to ref a Scottish match maybe just for one weekend. Like to have different kind of referees' view of of games, Mark. Is that something they should? I, I know you're in favour of of foreign referees coming in, Mark, and stuff like that. But I don't think that would would happen. But uh, well, I, well, before Mark speaks on it, I would, I would mean Jones were talking about this as well because he's mm. passionate about this as well. I'd love to see a, ro- a rotation. A referees throughout the European leagues. Mm-hmm. I've said the same. I would, I would love that. Like, I would love that. It would be, be great. Like, yeah, and that's what I mean. You're getting a view from all referees. No, just you can go there for a few weeks and then come back and tell us what you think. Just a rotation. No, not even like, like uh, Scottish referees and English referees. Just European referees. Yep. Like, European just move referees about. like move about like, and you'll be able to see how 
how different cultures of the game and, and stuff like that actually do stuff. You are going to learn from from different games, Mark, aren't you? If, if it's rare for consider something like that, like you know. Definitely, you'd learn. You'd learn. You'd learn just the different way, even down to the wee sneaky tactics and diving and things like that. You'd you'd pick up even more things about actual how people cheat. The more you go about and watch football. <laughs> but they go and buy. Gone by referees in Scotland, like and and like their their tweets about fucking Tory parties and stuff like that. Like, should they should they be left to that? Considering their 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 referees, Mark, you know, show their support to basically the the club that they follow, kind of a thing. Like they're not named the club, but they're showing their clubs who they follow. Basically, like, should they be left to that? I don't think it should. No, I think maybe something like that would be one of the pluses of having full time referees. They wouldn't be allowed to. Mm-hmm. It's weird, isn't it, that political leaders running the line at football matches? It really is. I can't even think of any other country that. I can't. I don't think so. Like you know, that political leaders and parties, Michael, of of the Tories and stuff like that, being able to and like it's not just one. Like you could have a, you could have a referee and you could have two linesmen part of this political group, like managing a Celtic game. Like you know, straight away you're at a disadvantage. No matter who it is, like it could be Dundee or you know anyone, like you're at a disadvantage, really. All oh, effects you've never been involved in football. It's as simple as that. And the fact that you've got that Douglas Ross, for whatever reason, they were running the fire. And that I remember, I remember that game because that was a game that we were on about the other day when Edward scored to make it three-two when we had ten men. Mm-hmm. And um, it was when Simunovic um, elbowed Morelos, and um, I was I was a red, but it was just like. When and when it was announced that he was part of that party and everything in that year, it's just it just doesn't sit. It just doesn't sit well, eh? It's not meant to be the linesman's job to tell the referee to send somebody off either. Oh, you seen the replays? Was he, he was shouting? It was he uh, red, 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 red. That's not <laughs> the like he was singing a UB party song. Job. So his job to tell what he saw, and then it's the referee that's to decide if it was a red card offence or no. He should. But like, do do you take back because the reason? Rangers have been getting away with this, especially this season, is because they've came out and they they kind of named and shamed referees live on TV. Or are Celtic too quiet towards Scottish FA about referees? Are, are, are the Celtic board too quiet on this situation? I think they're quiet, but I think there's a reason for it as well, because they don't want to look as if they're, I don't know, Penny, being petty, do you know what I mean? It would be all the Celtic moaning again about referees, but there should be Celtic should be in contact with SFA and practice. I spoke the other night about the, the Hamilton Aki's manager. He says he, he's tried to get through to talk to the head of the referees and that, and they just no, never phone him back because he's for Hamilton. So Celtic should be doing, Celtic should be on the phone about this stuff. No, but not just Celtic, every team. No, mm-hmm. on the phone and complain about every referee that Rangers get. I'm talking about if you're if you're a manager at Dundee United and you're not happy about the referee's performance, come out and tell, come out and say it, and take it up with the SFA. But half the time, mm-hmm. it would be the manager that gets into trouble. Mm-hmm. How do we, do you think there'll there'll be any changes, Michael? Are are, are we expecting? More of the same because like teams haven't been voicing their their frustration against the the referees more often. 
think, like you say, I think a lot of people in Scotland think it's just us that has got bad referees. If you don't ask anybody in any league, everybody mm-hmm. doesn't like their own referees. And mm-hmm. I just think, like you say, what me and Mark were saying, a rotation of referees around Europe, if they were all full time, that, I mean, that's a mm-hmm. no brainer. That's a no brainer move, is it? Surely. Exactly, Mark. That's that, that's the thing that maybe you refer like should actually consider, like because like for first time ever they they started moving the European Championships along to all these different countries, but because the COVID pandemic is being reduced, like sure they could think outside the box and do this to improve not just the Scottish game but improve the game as a whole by giving these referees experience in 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 different leagues, you know. It would see as well. It would do a lot away with a lot of the accusations of the bias. Mm-hmm. Because if if your referee's coming from Luxembourg or Belgium or Holland or something like that, you're not going to accuse him. You no, know I mean, oh, he must be he's a, he must be a Rangers supporter. Do you get what I mean? You're not going to come out. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Do you know, like, like a lot of the accusations of bias, and then you would tr- you'd probably trust the foreign referees a lot more. I mean, if you're exactly. if you're playing in a Europe, Europa League or Champions League, whatever, and a player gets sent off, we never question the ref- which school the referee went to. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can really judge a game, no, Michael, between Celtic and Rangers by learning who the referee was the, the kind of the, the week before, can't you? You can actually judge what way the game is going to go, can't you? Yeah, you know, a lot of people say they've said a lot about Bobby Madden, but like the stand next thing. But I think he's the best referee we've got in Scotland by a long way. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember him having any, if any, bad matches against when Settled played Rangers. I mean, there's loads of times where he's get penalties and sent players of them off and that. But I go back to a game, and I just needed to Google it because I needed to remember um, when Celtic played Stuttgart when we beat them 3-1, then Karan mm-hmm. And I remember the ref that day because I actually managed to get a picture of one. Does anybody remember that Pierre-Luigi Colina? The scary mm-hmm. Try and find it and put it on the forum. I managed to, it was with my dad that day, and I managed to get a picture took one. And I remember watching him in that game and the respect that he had from everybody and the way that he refereed that match. Nobody talked back to him, nothing. Like, he said, what a referee that guy was. And I was like, I mean, this is what you want. You just want referees to get... Firm and fair referees. I just think the Scottish referees. I think we've got a thing going for them. I mean, the way that that referee on Sunday was swarming about the pitch, you would think that he was somebody like Kalina. Eh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Caught up in the, didn't he? he did kind of get caught up in a bit of that. No, there wasn't much atmosphere, but the occasion kind of thingy. Yeah, and like you say, and what Jonas says, card happy. I mean, once the one one of the yells came out, that was it, was it? <laughs> That's it, like, yeah, like, once the yellow comes out, you're nearly kind of guaranteed, like, with the the stands in Scottish football, Mark, that that player is more than likely going to be kind of sent off, like, isn't he? You know? So, I think I'd leave it there for the referees. So we, we know it's a serious issue in the Scottish game, not just in the local derby between Celtic and Rangers, it's also an issue between Dundee and Dundee United when we spoke to Jonas, so... Moving on, I just want to talk about Peter Lawl, and it's come out on numerous media sites that Peter Lawl is expected to stay at Celtic as a consultant to Dominic McCoy. Uh, Peter Lawl is supposedly staying at, and he will advise Dominic McCoy on key transfer targets, on spending, 
and more of the financial side of it, Mark. What do you think of that? Oh, that's devastated, Paul. Totally devastated. I can't believe it if it's true. That's craziness. Absolute craziness. Because Peter... Oh, if that's the case, then... I mean, if that's the case, then you're just looking at Dominic Mackay coming in and being a puppet of you. Because there's as much... There's much there's much chances Peter is, is Mackay making any decisions he's own if he's hanging about anywhere. You know, because I thought Mark the reason Dominic Mackay was coming in so early was that he would learn to get the grips of the ropes before the new manager comes in and then he can be his own man. But it's actually not looking like that. Like that, it's it's the rumours are strong. Like a few people have come out. The likes of Packy Bond has come out. Like and he's questioned like. Why is this like? You know what I mean? Why is he staying on? Like, why is he going to still have control over the Celtic finances? You know, like, what is the point of of hiring Dominic McKay? You know, if Peter Lawrence is going to be a consultant to him, like, you know, we don't know how long he's going. Maybe just till the end of this season, he might stay as a consultant. But if he if he's going to stay as a consultant, like, you have to fear for the Celtic rebuild. If if Laurel is going to be given that McKay advice back, would you? Oh, I would, I would certainly be worried about it. As I said, it's, right, I said it's a consultancy position, but the bit that's in it, it'll be helping him along with transfer targets and that. That's the worrying bit. See if it was just going to be sitting there. Because let's face it, Dominic McKay coming from a rugby background and running Celtic day to day is a massive, massive job and probably entails things that we don't have a clue that Peter Lowell does every day. So it maybe take him time to find out all these things that as part of his job he needs to see how to do the right way. But to, mm-hmm. to, for him to think that Lowe's going to stay on, decis- on the decisions, that's just, as Mikey says, it just makes him look, Mackay look like a puppet. But Michael, going by that, like you saw, like if he is staying on and because he's been involved in all mostly Celtic transfers and, and, and signing players, like is there a fear that? Maybe Celtic aren't going to sign in a director of football, and that piece of is going to be advising McCoy instead of a director of football. Do you think that could be the uh, way Celtic are going? I, I, I don't know where these stories are coming from, but I don't think that Dominic McCoy, based on what I've heard about him, would accept the role knowing that Peter Law would be anyway involved in the future of the club. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Because my only. Now you say that, Mikey, and surely that would have been spoke about. Yes, definitely, like, yeah. The job, if there's even a the same as, happening. The same as anybody when they go for a high calibre job. You need to know all the details before you accept it. Mm-hmm. My only fear, Mark, we say, if he did stay, like, and we say Eddie Howe wanted, um, if he was the manager, and he, and he wanted to sign Ferguson, and Laurel advised Doc McKay not to pay this price for him, that it'll go back to the same situation as uh, Brendan Rodgers when he wanted to sign McGinn and that was basically the last straw for Brendan Rodgers that he wasn't getting these targets. Like, we could be going down the same road again with a new manager not getting the players he wanted and getting second-best players if Laurel was there to serve. Oh, I'm still at the club. Really nothing, nothing will change. Nothing will really change. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I've said it before, you can imagine, Peter Lowe has got a big, big ego. Right? I'm not saying he's arrogant, but when he walks in, he, he knows he's in worth kind of things. You know what I mean? He's comfortable talking to all these big European guys that own Juventus and things like that. He's 
comfortable in any situation when it comes to like, your boardroom side of things and all that. And Peter Law's not going to sit there and no try to influence things and if he, if he can. But sure, Mark, like, if, he, if he wants to stay, like, sure, like, the the Celtic fans maybe should be on David Desmond's back then, Michael, for, for letting Peter Law stay, like, you know, that they should be like they're ringing for change, and if he if he is there, like this change that we're expecting isn't going to happen if if Lawler stayed in the club, you know. Oh, I I mean, I, all the stories that are coming out just now were transfers and this. I'm taking everything with a pinch of salt just now. Um, hmm. says until the manager's appointed or director of football's appointment, that's when I'll start taking stuff on board, and until that happens, then. I mean, I just there's, there's, there's no chance that Lawless is going to be involved. I mean, like I said, for the first wee while to get the guy maybe used to certain things and that, like, but no chance that Dominic Mackay is going to be taken. Like, I hope I'm wrong anyway. Lawless <laughs> <laughs> will be coming the chairman. That happens. Bank retires and get Lawless chairman. But Mark, he was... Uh, we, uh, we spoke in previous contact uh, podcast that he was supposed to be involved in discussions with a new manager. Like so, like if he's involved with that and he's le- and, and he's supposed to be leaving, like could he actually be staying if he's involved in the the the, the, the new manager negotiations? No, I was surprised he was involved to be involved in the manager talks, but when I think that I wasn't. Maybe for the same reason he knows the club inside it. He knows, and even with Dominic coming in, Peter Lovell knows what Celtic's financial situation is going to be roughly for the next two or three years. Just mm-hmm. mean, so how could so he's maybe been that kind of way? Look, we can't have thirty million every season. Get what I mean? We can only do this. That I'm leaving what it's going to be like for the next two or three years at Celtic. I told him it's just kind of that way he's been involved in. To get what I mean, setting out with the future of the club is, is a whole. Mm-hmm. Even if getting into the football side, it just how healthy the club is and that kind of idea and what the club will pay for for him for a house, for cars, stuff like that. Mhm. Exactly. So look. Hopefully these, as as Michael said, like we should take these rumours with a, a pinch of salt. But hopefully there's there's no truth, and and Dominic McKay does uh, become his own man, and he and he's able to to make his own decisions. Mark. So moving on from that, um, I'm just going to talk about the financial situation uh, for Celtic after the con uh, the COVID uh, virus pandemic. So. Financial football expert David Law has said that Scottish Football Club is currently up for sale as Celtic look set to become the only club in Scottish football immune from the COVID-19 due to a billionaire cornerstone. Uh, Law, an expert, American businessman, uh, said that uh, the Americans are sniffing around Scottish football clubs due to the fact that clubs are now struggling in Scottish football due to the COVID virus. Now, he's supposedly saying that Celtic Mark will be the only club that won't be uh, affected by the, the the COVID pandemic. That we have 30 million in the bank uh, before the COVID started, uh, and we have a billionaire investor in 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 Dermot Desmond. Do you fear for for Scottish football, like uh, Mark, for or 
this pandemic hitting the game. I'm surprised that there have been so many smaller clubs in that way get really into some problems there. I really am. In small clubs that just rely on even their 500 fans that are coming through the turnstile every week just to, to pay, their, mm-hmm. pay their laundry woman and things like that. But I wouldn't say Celtic will not be affected. I don't agree with that, Paul. We, will be, mm-hmm. we must be affected to some extent. Well, we, we, he said, but we, 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 we've his, we, we went through our 30 million pandemic, but we will we be the only club that will come out in a positive and will be like we're secure. He's saying, you know, we're not going to be badly affected by the likes of other clubs. Mark, like supposing that this club that is up for sale will come out in the next few weeks and and put out a statement that they're up for sale. And like, is it worrying like that American businessmen coming into the Scottish game, like what we saw down in South with the the glaciers and um, and the Liverpool owners, you know, like they're trying to change this game into like American football, you know. Would you like American investors coming into the Scottish game? Well, anybody, for me, anybody investing in the Scottish game's got to be a good thing, as long as it's not like a mad guy that invested in Dundee and things like that. Do you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think American's businessmen would look at the SPL as in the same English kind of game and or we could Super League if we buy that kind of rigmarole through Scotland I probably would be a good thing Paul Aberdeen they get bought with American didn't they mm-hmm. money into them I think it would be a good thing as long as American owners that owned on the United as well is it I have yeah I mean if you like major changes going on there, Paul. Uh, Michael, with this way they're trying to run things. The death well, that's one thing that I'll say about like when people say what they want about the Glazers and this and they're no stupid. They know how to run a business and it's all about profit for them. And Dundee United have went from being seriously in debt to not much at all. Well, um, that's good. To be a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. They've invested a lot in the youths. The stadium's been upgraded massively. Actually, it's quite a nice looking stadium. But it was looking run down before they took it, and they've invested heavily in the team as well. I think if so, I think if it was Celtic or Rangers that they were looking to buy into, you'd think, oh, this could get a bit messy at some point further down the line. But I think with smaller clubs in that, I think it would do them a lot of good, just for the financial aspect of it. I just think like everybody's got the doom and gloom regarding Scottish football and the COVID and um, just this whole like the finance side of things. Everybody's going to take a hit, every club, but it will bounce back. It's going to be harsh for a few wee while, but it will bounce back in time. There's too much doom and gloom. Every time you open a paper or read something, it's always the death of something. You know what I mean? Like I said, everything will bounce back eventually. Mm-hmm. Remember, should like should the Scottish FA kind of provide assistance to these clubs, like these lower league clubs, as you said, that have going going to be really hit? Like, or, or do the Scottish FA have the money to assist these clubs? I think that's just down to money, Paul. I do whether it's the SFA or the SPFL. If anything, the government should be trying to help them out. Mm-hmm. Those ins and outs, so that furlough and things like that. I mean, my wife's worked. She works in a supermarket, so she's she's not been off for anything at all. 
for the fully mm-hmm. pandemic thing. But I, I don't know how it works with these with football players or even part-time workers or whatever, but the government should surely be able to find some kind of money to help out these smaller clubs. Mm-hmm. I think it has been talked, uh, suggested by Fumi that maybe Celtic should be offering loans to these teams to, to, to secure the safety of Scottish football and Celtic then retrieve the, the money back with some interest. Would that be something, Michael, that maybe Celtic should be looking to do? Like you say, the, the, the whole finance thing is up in the air for every club, is it? Mm-hmm. Loan to the the safeguard uh, the clubs yes no. yeah a loan of money to safeguard uh, the the clubs uh, that that are strong. Now, this has been suggested it was a couple of months back and it popped up again that Celtic should give these lower league teams and, and lower league clubs uh, a loan of money and uh, and Celtic then would keep the money back with some interest. Oh, that, you know that would probably be against the regulations. Yeah. I wouldn't do it anyway. What's the stop us going and asking Man City for £200 million? But, it, but it's going back to the, to the thing, Mark, that uh, Michael, said be, Michael said before the party, I was like, you have to give credit to Celtic for keeping our, 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 our books in order and keeping the club afford that we were able to stop saying this pandemic and for the club to, to come out and they, they will be affected but not to the effect of some other clubs like you have to give credit to Celtic Football Club for having money in 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 in, the, in their in their bank account you know well just again it shows how well we were how well Peter Lowe did run us on that side of things we've never, mm-hmm. never doubted him or any of the financial side of things it was never doubted him in making money it was spending it with a problem with him Mm-hmm. And the Lord also stated that look, Lord, as people don't know, he was an advisor to Fergus McCann when he took over Celtic in 1994 from bankruptcy. He also stated that it would take a long, long time for Celtic to reach the standards of 1994 again. Mark, would you agree with that? Do you think we're a long way away from that happening again? Miles away. Miles and miles and miles, Paul. Mm-hmm. Celtic will never end up in that position again, never. I think, like, for, for one thing, Michael, you have to say is that Celtic actually learned their lessons from keeping their, their spend to a minimum and buying within their means. Like, you have to give credit. I've said that on previous, I've said that on previous court, yeah, podcasts, yeah. loads of times. I've always applauded Celtic for, like, and I've always said that I get sick of hearing about this biscuit tin mentality. Celtic have always lived within their means wages and transfer fees and like Mark said on previous podcasts as well we've spent a lot of money on players mm-hmm. it's just been on crap exactly exactly Mark. 5 million on a jetty 5 million on Barkas a lot of money on Duffy to get him up here so there's been a lot of money spent so. not just this season either Mark like, 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 we, we've always kind of We've always, we have always invested in the squad. We always invest in the squad, but it's more like, as you said, like it's more signing one faulty player rather than two or three different players for the same price, really. And it's just making up the numbers. We spend too much money on with like squad players instead of lumping it on and getting a first team player in. It's just, I've, I've, that's what Mikey's saying. I've, I've said it as well. 
We spend, we spend a lot of money, but we don't spend it wise enough. That's the, that's what's wrong with it. The decision making on what we spend it on has been wrong. On two would you be hoping that? Sorry, like you, you just need to look at like players like Jack Henry out on loan, the the Bulgarian, the, the Ukrainian guy that we've got out on loan. Fed bio, bio mm-hmm. we've got out on loan. Look how much money's been wasted. Mhm. As well, on top of everybody that's all at the club that cost a lot of money. But Mark, who's this down to then? Like these, these is is this down to Nick Hammond or is it down to Peace of Law or is it just basically the two of them for a bad scouting or or, or worse? Well, isn't Congress going to take some of the blame then as well if we're going to bring them in here? But well, these guys will recommend a player and say, oh, he's he's a young talent, he might he might be good, and I think well, we'll just looked at the money involved and thought, right, that's who we'll go for then, him. He's the cheapest. If he's only worth five million, it's all right. If we can get four or five million for him in two or three years, that's the way we'll go. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving on from from Peter Lawrence, Mark and, and and Michael said we hope that he's not staying on as a, a Celtic consultant to Dominic McCoy and Dominic McCoy we left to be his own man within Celtic. And next, we're going to move on to the the Celtic Exodus and, and Rebuild, which we believe is already started. So Celtic Exodus is well underway. Patrick Kamara, we know, has left the club already. Roy Christie, Edward, Christopher are eager to leave the club immediately after as soon as the transfer window opens. Roy Christie has told the club he will not sign a new contract and wants to leave immediately once the transfer window opens and would like to move to Norwich or Barnley who are reportedly interested. Now, it's come out today and only Saturday that uh, a Bundesliga team, Michael, have made um, a bid for Christie in in January that the club refused. And that's basically when he decided to dump tools that he didn't get the move he wanted. Uh, We know he's going to leave, but do you think Celtic should have sought him in January? Celtic will sell who they want, when they want. They're not going to hold hell to ransom from any player. No, I mean this is this is again getting back to this about player power and the, this new era going back then. Can you imagine Larson and Hartson and that doing this back in the day? They really got told told where to go. Eh? Is that the problem, Mark? That the, the player power within the game now these days, like a manager sacked down and tools, is the manager who suffers and not the players. Like, is is, is that the modern game now? Players and agents. It's basically their folks. I mean, I can remember Mike here. I don't know if you're old enough to remember when Jim McLean was Dundee United manager and he had all the young yeah, players. Well, he had 10-year Davy Neri and that was on a 10-year deal and Celtic well, came in well, three or four things. I, they were on buttons and couldn't get out of the contract. I mean, that, that wasn't right. But you can't, we seem to have went to the next, the old, complete opposite extreme now where players just, right, that's it, I want out and all right, no bother, we'll pay up for it, we owe you and we'll try and help find you a new club. A lot of me comes to agents because they're always looking for moves because that's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. But now looking to Mark Dykes back, if if this bid that was supposed to come in for Christie was in around eight ten million mark in January, now supposedly a new deal has came out that Christie had a clause in his current contract that his deal runs out in December and he's able to sign a pre-contract with a team in January. Is that is is that bad management from the board, Mark, that they didn't sell him then? I or... believe that about the contract. 
I've been through this before on the forum contracts, and I've even seen ex-professionals coming out and saying it. Some people on Twitter about it as well when this Christy thing came out. Football contracts run to the end of season, season, season to season, unless it's a short-term deal, and or if you're looking see the other countries that play summer football. It's uh, mm-hmm. the only countries like Nor uh, Nor Norwegian clubs and Sweden clubs. They all run out in December. And this seems to come up all the time. We Celtic players, mind it, it came up with Brown the last time it was, and that's when. And I've even had Ed two coming on his forum to explain it, and he knows he knows the laws of the game. Believe me, you know what I mean? Because it's a strange one, Mark. Ain't it? Like because like if if we say if it did run out in January, like it's the in, in my time for foreign football. It'll be the first time ever I I noticed the players' contract run out in the middle of a season. Like you know, you know I I can't see why Celtic would even do that. Let a player end his contract midway through a season. I don't think. And I don't think it's. You know, I think the regular regulation player registration. They mm-hmm. say what they want about Peter Law and that, but does anybody actually think that he would? He would let that like yeah. Let, let that happen to a contract in December. <laughs> no, how I kind of think it's came about. He signed a contract extension in November, mm-hmm. and the way it was reported, it was just—I can't even mind if it was two or three years or whatever. So I think that story came from that story that he signed a contract in November for three years. So not come this new. Yeah, I think it's that. Like, I think that's been the only thing I can think of, Mark, is like that. He'd be able to sign a pre-contract with a team in January. Do you know that you can set, sign a pre-contract if your well, contracts run out this season? Do you know? Well, if Christie's uh, contracts running out in December, he's been free free to sign a pre-contract for June. Exactly. Now, obviously, Michael, think realistic. What what do you think Celtic will get for Christie? No, that we say he has a year left his contract and he wants to leave. Realistic, okay. what? Well, based on his performances this season, you'd be lucky to get ten bob for him, would you? Mm-hmm. But what, that's I mean, this is, this is what like what you were saying, like he wants to move to Norwich or Burnley. Is that work out for Gary Hooper? Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, like, so but that's one. thing like I can't understand. Like this, this year, like that, these players want these big moves, but they've played so badly this season. What big club is actually going to look at them and say, "Well, look, he done too. They're Celtic because they didn't get his way. Is he going to be doing that?" In our club, he doesn't get away. Like, like they're putting their old football career at risk too by by downing tools this year, aren't they, Mark? Well, I've said that as well. If you've got it, if you're looking to get a big move, you need to produce it in the big games. And mm-hmm. Celtic players just didn't do that. Mm-hmm. There's not well, one person in that chat or on the forum. If you asked them right now, would say they would want to keep Christie at the club. I wouldn't think it would be unless he's no chance unless his dad's creeped in. So there's no. That's, I mean, that tells you everything about him. David, his dad doesn't even want me to stay at Celtic. It's him that's helping hawk him about, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. Funny. When he first signed for Celtic, it was his dad and the press on about how they're all a family of Celtic supporters and it's a dream move. I mean, and within two, three, I mean, yeah. injured, the cameras got up to him and his wife sitting. She was sitting greeting and all that because he'd been injured. And that. My wife sitting greeting. Mind to get the bad act, mind it was his sight, his face, his eye that got it. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. as if his dad, it was as if his boy was living his dad's dreams, wasn't it? That was the way it was. And then, five, you know, two, three years later, though, he's, he's getting him a move to everywhere. But like you say, it's, I'm a massive fan of the Bundesliga. And what you were saying, Paul, if there was a team who wanted to pay eight, ten million for him, I'm starting to question actually watching that league now. 
Mm-hmm. You put five, six million marks, some people are saying, uh, uh, on, on the live chat. Like, can we expect that, or do you think we're, we could expect less than five for, for Christie? I'd say about five. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's Max. <laughs> so, moving on from Christy, another player who, look, we, we all expect was going to leave, but he's another player who actually has told Celtic that he's, he wants to leave immediately when they take. Uh, reportedly, Newcastle have watched Christopher at the weekend against Rangers and see him as an ID replacement in, as a defender in their squad, and they raised him at a cost price deal of £8 million, Mark. What do you think of that? No, no chance. If they want, they'll need to double that at least. They'll need to double that amount higher. But could they get? Could, could we demand more Mark things that he's in the last year of his contract? Because if he doesn't, like my fear is that like these players don't get this move. Like, they'd run down their contract and move for nothing at the end of the season. But Paul, what's fifteen million pound in the English Premier League? Mhm. 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 Michael, I've got a different mentality on like you say, getting something rather than I'd rather just. Keep them. It's the same as Edward, like you've heard about this 40% sell on, 25% sell on what a year. I'd just keep them. I, like I said, I, I'm maybe well wrong here, but I can't remember Ayer coming out recently and saying that he definitely wants to leave. I'm maybe wrong here, like, but I've never actually heard him say it. I've heard a lot of paper talk, but I've never heard him say it. Mm-hmm. Marcus, coming up down the live chat there from Rob McNair, that Trust me, uh, said the groom with TV that Christie's contract is up in December. Look, you'll have to wait and see or just really kind of see what happens in this progress. But it's a strange one if it is, you know. Uh, Edward, we know, is another player who will go on, but uh, supposedly Liverpool have have said they're not interested in him and Arsenal seem to be the kind of only team again, Mark, that are kind of looking at Edward, you know, Oh, he's listing 15, 20 million centers should be demanded or anything for Edward? Uh, easy. You know, so... I wouldn't well, surprise me if they're still asking for more. Mm-hmm. Like, considering, like, how well he's actually played for France this season, and look, he is, no matter he didn't have a good season this year, he still, as Michael said, and, and John said, he's a top scorer still in the, in the Scottish League. Like, so... See, because the season he's had for us, he is still top goal scorer. But even oh, he's not tried a leg. He's not tried a leg. You know, that, see, people that have been watching him for two years, three years, they'll know, they'll still know that the player Edward's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at the list last night and looking at players who are potentially going to leave Celtic next season. So next season I have leaving the club. We're going to have Shane Duffy. John Joe Kenny, Christoph Fire, Laxell, maybe Anti Ranson out in Lone, Bichon maybe Michael, Scott Brown, Ryan Christie, Rojek, El Lucy, Lee Griffiths, Edward, Jack Henry maybe, Bonangoli maybe, Olivia Cham, Sherrod, Bayou. Like that's seventeen players if we say I'll leaving the club mark, you know the, with no manager in place like that's a huge job for any manager to come into a club if you've that bunch of players who might leave the club, isn't it? Oh, it's a massive rebuild. We've said that before. Yeah. It's really worth looking for practically a new full team. But, would you, Michael, do you agree, like, realistically, like, could these players actually end up leaving Celtic, like, the names are really, realistic, like, like, the 
players who were now out on loan, like you said there, like Bayou, Shavad and, and stuff like can you see them getting a career under a new manager Celtic or are they just not good enough? They're not good enough. I remember the talk a few few weeks ago, I remember Jack Henry. Mm-hmm. That Celtic will keep him and he's he's a good player in the beginning. Did anybody watch him on international duty? Exactly. I didn't see it, but even I was up about him when we were talking about that, I seen people had been moaning about how he played for Scotland as well. Just it was just the same Jack Kennedy that we'd all seen before. Bio, like you says, whenever I've seen him, and it was very little. Again, he's like that. Remember that Amido Balde the thing? He just reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. Just as bad. And the Shevard, he's he's never going to settle. But he's just one of the guys that's better. He's sticking to his, his roots in Ukraine. And just going back there. There maybe is a player in him, but he was never going to settle here. But Mark, was there an issue too with Shevard again I, 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 about his attitude and his laziness as well in, in training, weren't it? There was. Aye, he took that over with him, he's put over the edge of the manager, The manager said he was hiding in training. He says he was, he was, he was trying to find him and he was ducking down behind said, bigger, taller people. Just he was the pool champion, like he couldn't play football, like but he was good at pool. Was that, he said something like that, wouldn't he? Yeah. Just go and play pool as a professional or something. He said billiards. Uh. And then the <laughs> thing I read, he knuckled down and was running a mock for them and he did really well. But I think he seems up at Celtic, but as Mikey says, I think there is a player in there. Has has Bengali any chance of getting forgiveness from the Celtic fans, Mark? I, think, I like I like Barker. Like I said, I've seen enough of him away from Celtic. And like I said, when we went to sign him, it wasn't just Celtic that wanted him for that kind of money. There was loads of clubs. I, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, he deserves at least a pre-season, but COVID behind with, to just prove to prove himself under a new manager. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I actually agree to it. Like, considering, Mark, like, what we have to do with the rest of the team and the amount of money we kind of paid with Barkhouse as well, like, maybe we should concentrate on other positions next season and, and maybe give Barkas another run what do you think? I've said as well I think there's a goalkeeper somewhere in Barkas it's just a conflict moving to a new country but well, would you want to back up Denmark because of, of, of Bain and has uh, been a bit young like like we, we saw Bain uh, the last couple of weeks and loan I think Hazard will get loan next season he spoke about it. I mean they signed that contract and then came out and spoke about he needed to play football if he was mm-hmm. even Celtic, he wasn't going to sign a Run. new contract. Go out and loan it for down, down the loan. I think that's the plan. He's signed a new contract with Celtic and he wants to get uh, next season in loan to play first team football regularly. But yeah. even having been. Just back to Barkas, if we could get our money back on them, well, really, it's just, just as well cutting their losses and taking the money back. But I wouldn't be talking about way out and loaning that, no, definitely no. Because if we exactly. sell him back for five, four and a half million, five million, we need that money to buy his replacement. Yeah, so I, would, I would, I would keep Barkas and under the new manager if he wants to keep him, and then I would punt Ben to Dundee United and take Seagrass. I'd put, I'd pay money and put, play money in Ben and get Seagrass in as a as a decent backup. Because I want yeah. to say that I don't think he is would be a number one at Celtic, but he's certainly good enough to be a, a backup. It would be. It would be a worry, uh, Michael, like if you had Barkas and Ben as your two keepers again no, no, next season, no, no, like wouldn't this? No, but everybody goes on about Barkas. And okay, he's had a bad season now, but I can excuse it. People going, he's five million at that. But like mm-hmm. you say, he came in from a foreign country 
into this like mad pandemic. Bane's been there for years. And yeah. he's useless. And useless. He's really bad. I can't even like So what did you say about him the last time there? He was shifted out by Dundee, then he went to Hibbs and then he was shifted out there or something or something like that, was it? You were saying the last time? Everywhere. Like you said, he started off at Aberdeen, then I think he went got released there as a youth. He went to Aloha, I think it was with Paul Hartley. Got his move to Dundee when they were in the championship. Fell out with Neil McCann, I think it was Neil McCann, I think, at the time. Yeah, Neil McCann, yeah, Neil McCann. Then, yeah. Got, then got moved on to Hibs, and I think it was two or three days later after signing for Hibs, he was uh, uh, then signed for Celtic as a backup. That's right, aye. Was it, he, he was only signed for us, Mark, because uh, we had injuries to Craig Gordon that time, weren't they? He was sent in, was an emergency kind of a loan that time, weren't they? When we, you know, uh, a player who who's always kind of in, injured and I put him down because a lot of fans are saying that maybe he will go that he's, he's been in the comfort zone uh, for too long at Celtic and, but he's a player that you'd like to keep around because of his experience Mark is is beat on you know oh, no yeah. see it's, it's just one of the he's been there that long he's never really claimed a position to be his own I think he's taken that ability to play in two or three different positions I think that's kind of held him back because he's never really shown out any, any of them. So, like, realistically, the, we, we say if these are the players to leave and, and stuff like that, what would you think Celtic should be expecting from transfers? Like, roughly on these, like, we know some of them leaving on free transfers and some of us are going back alone, but the players that are actually signed in contract, like, what, what do you think we've received in transfers? Well, I think we'll get more money back for a bio. I mean, I can't believe that I'm actually saying that, but I think Toulouse or a team over there will pay for him. Mm-hmm. Shevet, I think, will go back to Ukraine. We'll probably lost on him. The big, big one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sorry, I got disconnected there. The, mm-hmm. big one for me, the big one for me is Edward. I still yeah. think that he'll for big, big money. I think that's the big one, Mark. Isn't it, Edward, isn't this? You know, that's, that could really make or break like, the transfer funds. Do you think that what they receive for Edward? Oh, Edward the die of the gather. I think you should bring it in. I'd be looking for 35. 35. 35 yeah. million for the two of them. Because if you're saying 20 for Edward and 10 for Ayer, I think I think went for a 10 for 10 million. I think that's a joke. Uh, Just considering what he's going to go into. Like you said, he's got to be 15 plus at least. That's so, nice. with Rangers already. Signing a, they signed a striker yesterday, and strike striker Zakala, if I have his damn right, and they're they're already starting to plan for next season. Are we at a disadvantage already, considering we've no manager in place, we've no director of football, there's no news from the club, we don't know who's staying or going within the club. Are we actually in a mess, Mark, towards this rebuild already? 
No, I wouldn't say we're in a mess. I wouldn't go that far. It's a big, I've got a big rebuild in front of us, but the sales, the sales of people that'll be leaving, oh, there'll be plenty of money there to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Micah? Oh, people are saying that, um, Ross Barkley is signed this guy on a three or whatever it is. He scored 20 goals in just under 100 games in the Belgian League. <laughs> and exactly. He went to play for Sparta at Moscow and couldn't get a game and got punted into the reserves. And even for the reserves, he only scored 10 goals in 40 games. Exactly. And that, that's I mean. They've, they've bought him on a free because Morelos is leaving at the end of the season. And no matter what anybody can say about that Morelos, and he is what he is, but they'll not be able to replace his goals that he scores against other weird, the weird teams eh? and in mm-hmm. Europe. So everyone's going to be taken at a disadvantage. They're finding players like that because they've not got any money to spend either. They've not got any... We've got money to spend, they've not. Sure, we seem to pop up with the money mark, don't they? The, the side players, don't they? The, the, where it comes from, we don't know, but they always seem to pop up with money to get their, to get their signings, though, don't they? You know? Well, but, uh, but they're doing into their directors and are pummeling money into them and then taking shares with it. Taking shares, yeah. So it, it it also came out this week, and we know who the pundits are, and we 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 won't meant to think that Rangers are now the strongest club in Celtic, and Celtic need at least seventeen players, we stated, and that we are now uh, years behind Rangers in terms of first team squad players. To watch it, you know, you 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 know the person. Who I'm on about here, who, who said this, he's, he's employed by Sky Sports and he's always been critical of, of Celtic. I won't mention his name because Mark will go on ranting about him. But what what do you think of his comments, Mark? Maybe uh, just for the chat that I don't actually know. Uh, Chris Boyd. Yeah, so. so Mark, he's come out and, and he said that, like, that, that we're now behind Rangers in terms of false team strength and, and, and it's actually, we need a the biggest rebuild next season and that Rangers now the strongest team in Scotland. What do you think about that? I wouldn't say Rangers are the strongest team in Scotland. They will be once we sell everybody right enough, but still that no I've said before this eh, on paper Celtic's still the best team in Scotland. Rangers are just better than us this year for one reason or another we seriously dropped the ball but it Chris Boyd just the same as but what we're going to speak about now, probably Paul, the same as all pundits, he's there to do a job in. Mm-hmm. Michael, what do you take? Oh, sorry, Mark, what? He's there to do a job in. That's what, well, that's what subscribers of Sky want to see, people slagging Celtic off. But, Michael, are, are we behind Rangers, or is it oh. just because we failed so badly this season that we're given... They're, they're fans to think that they're, they're, they're the biggest club. You know? I mean, this is again, this, like I said, I know I want to go back on it and that. They're going, the Rangers and this biggest club and the league titles and everything. Like I said, they're the only club that's less than 10 years old that have won 55 titles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. Like, and, and I keep reiterating to everybody and <laughs> any arguments I have with Rangers support for that. It's the first thing I say. What team do you support? Pre twenty twelve on Arsenal, know what I mean? Like what in is it you're designed to sport with it? Know what I mean? Rangers are the biggest club. Rangers as a team are mediocre. Like, Celtic have been a disaster this season. No Celtic fan will try and tell you otherwise. If Celtic get the right manager in place soon and get the right signings, 
it'll be an easy title to retain. Like saying, because their bottle will crash again when the fans are back. Like say, once the fans start getting on their case and that, that like you say, that's when you'll see return. That's why I could just keep the Rangers or this and Rangers or that. Who would even listen to Chris Boyd anyway? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're going on about banning other like, people from that. He shouldn't be allowed anywhere near Celtic Park in the future, him. See, see what happens on the podcast when I mention Chris Boyd. <laughs> so, moving on from that, like to to make a statement against these teams that Rangers are now the biggest club, we, do we expect David Desmond to make killer statements in announcing, we say, Eddie Howe harkens direct for football and he will make this the biggest uh, record rebuild in Celtic history and he will provide numerous funds for the manager and sign targets that he wants. Do you think that's going to happen, Mark? Well, hopefully. I think that's what we all want, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Whether, I think, whether it's happens or no, that's a big question. I think that's going to be like the intent, Mark, isn't it? That department of the manager, and if we're going to get direct for those two names are going to show what way Celtic are going to go, doesn't it? People say as well that people say that there's a lot of money to be spent under the new manager and that, which I agree. But there's also going to be a lot of money made with just selling the players that we've got. Yeah. Like yeah. you say, there's going to be thirty, forty million available when players are sold. That's a lot of money to mm-hmm. put in the transfer kitty for a start, just for players in the team. Okay, we've got a big player to replace in Edward and Ayers. That's two players that are going to need to be replaced with quality. But I thought forty million people say it doesn't get you a lot. It could if it's spent right. Exactly, Mark. Well, I agree with Michael there. Definitely, that's what I said earlier on. How do you spend the money? It's an important thing. There will be money there. There'll already be the transfer kitty, and then there'll be what he gets for transfer, the outgoing transfers. I don't think there's really there'll be. I don't think there'll be scrimping and scraping time for sale. Even even going back to to what the, the last few topics were there with David Law saying that even after the pandemic, like Celtic would be still immune to the the COVID uh, financial disaster and that we have hit our 30 million, but even with spending transfers and receiving transfers, Celtic will still be in a healthy position. Mark, that's that's something to to really applaud Desmond and Peace a lot about that we're able to spend big for this rebuild and still have money in reserves, isn't this? Oh, definitely. If, if nobody's any complaints about what Peter Lowe's done financially for Celtic. I think what people don't kind of see that, Mark, do they? They just they see, like, people, a lot of people just see the bad side and see done the thing, but they, they, they don't see, like, what he actually did for Celtic, making the club stable. That Whether they agree or disagree with his decisions, financially, we're in the position we're because of Peter Lowell. Yeah. Exactly. I've always said that as well, like you say. You I've never like, mentioned yeah. the money that's spent ever. Like you say, it's just been how it's spent that's been a disaster. Like you say, nobody can question the money that Celtic have spent. That's why it always annoyed me in the past, and I'll say it again, about this biscuit tin thing that keeps coming up. It irritates me because they've spent plenty of money. Like you mm-hmm. say, you should be well ahead of the curve. Like. So we're going to move on from from the, the rebuild, and we hope some announcements come soon, but we're always saying it, but look, patience is the key. At least we're not rushing this manager's uh, decision like, like like in the past. So I want to move on. And next thing I want to talk about is former Celtic player and Sky Pundit is now officially banned from Celtic Park uh, over comments he made about Celtic's 
the Dubai trip during uh, the start of the year. Rocker has also been banned, as we know, by Rangers after being refused to Ibrox on Sunday, where he was supposed to be co-commentator of the match. Now, it has come out that, Peter, uh, that Andy Walker is planning to put a lawsuit mark to, to Celtic about the loss of Orleans and that uh, he should be able to say what he wants uh, because he's a commentator and freedom of speech for, for journalism. What way do you think Celtic should react to this possible lawsuit that's going to come down? Like if it does come down, it could be all paper talk as well. And you know, Mark? You there? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just really, really petty, Paul. Mm-hmm. But that's why Celtic banned him for Celtic Park. They were talking about Chris Boyd. The same Chris Boyd comes away with it. Do you get what I mean? Why is he not being banned? Mm-hmm. Celtic are bigger than play stupid petty just pressing the media thing. And that's why I think a lot of the times we don't speak out against things. Mm-hmm. We go at Rangers look as if, oh, look at all this dignified staunchness and all that. But they're a way bleating like Wayne's any time anything goes against them. Because what, what got me, Michael, was that it actually came out that he was banned from Celtic really after he was refused uh, permission to enter Ibox on Sunday. Did you hear anything about him in the past being banned from Celtic or was it just came to life after the game, Michael? I, like, say it's, I'm a bit different to Mark on that. It's petty, but I mean, I, no, just Andy Walker, Davey Proven as well as ex-Celtic guys. I can't stand Andy Walker. Eh? Mm-hmm. I can't remember in 20 years listening to him on Sky or, or Satanta or whenever it was he started, him ever saying anything complimentary about Celtic ever. Even during banned for just because you've done that, it's been. I don't. I don't think he should be banned. Uh, but like I say, I don't blame himself for acting in the way that he did it. Every time that he's in that stadium, he's always spouting something negative. It's always negative, and I'm not telling everybody's got an opinion. That's fine. But Mark, like, what, is, what what is it like like the, like these former players like who who come out like uh, and say stuff like Charlie Nicholas is not. I'm going to speak about Charlie Nicholas later. Uh, in the in the podcast, uh, Chris Boyd is another one. As Michael said, Davy Provena. These are all Celtic players who who once claimed uh, they love the club and they say they always say they're Celtic supporter. They have, they always say that when they're live in Sky Sports, they have inside information. Chris Chris Coleman said it numerous times that he's known of rifts with inside the dress rooms at Celtic. Like, what is it when they join Sky Sports then that they turn on the club? I don't, I don't think Mark will make me saying he's a bit older than me, so he'll maybe be able to tell me about Davey Proven and Andy Walker. But there's mm-hmm. obviously something, an agenda against Celtic they've got. Because, like I say, in my time listening to them, it's mm-hmm. always just been negative. Always. And Chris Commons, like I say, does anybody actually care what he says for whatever paper he's working for? No. I mean, no, I mean nobody cares what he thinks. Like, yeah. like, but, like he, he was commentating, like, Chris Commons was saying at one stage like that there was rifts between Lee Lennon and and and, and supposedly he was the one who leaked out this thing that there was a, a fight in the dress room and that someone made a call if, if I'm late there was Chris Commons that said that he 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 heard of this happening like why things like are they getting this information Mark are they trying to boost their own reputation within Sky Sports? Chris Commons is just a snake anyway. He was one of the people that was a bad egg when um, Ronnie Dyler was in the job. Mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, he was the one that was feeding the stories everywhere, so he would know fine well about leaks like this. 
good old Chris Commons like, because hey, he was in the worst eggs ever, him. If Neil Lennon was there and Chris Commons said it happened, it would have happened, because him and, him and Neil Lennon are thick as thieves, Commons and Lennon. So if yeah. see if it's happened at a time when Lennon's been in the club and Commons said it, I would believe him. But, like, is that not Chris Commons then, like, throwing his best friend into the deep end then, Mark? You know what I mean? Like, saying these stuff happens and should have been doing his same job as well. You know, I mean, but going back to what I'm saying though, Mark, is like, what is it to, why, why they're going to Sky Sports that they have this change of attitude? Is that coming from from Sky being anti-Celtic or? Sky, see, it's really that Sky Sports and that. It's all about shock jockish. And they're all, they're all there to be controversial and say things that cause controversial and make yourself popular and things like that. And if you're coming out and knocking Celtic, that's that's what people want to hear. And like you say, that's the reason that... Celtic sorry, that's want to hear it so they can moan about it and the rest of them want to sit and listen to it and laugh about it. And the reason Chris Commons and Davy Tolan and Charlie Nicholas and Andy Walker talk about Celtic is because of how big the club is. They kind of going to get a, a reaction. They know they're going to get the views, and, and that's what I, that's what it's all about now. Is views because they've got a, a connection to the club. People think, oh, that must be true. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw myself in the deep end here now with with the two of you here. So, is it time so for Celtic to take action against Sky Sports and 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 ban Chris Boyd from Celtic Park because of the way he says things about Celtic, he's anti-Celtic, starts live on TV, he's arrogant towards Celtic. Should we take a stance back and, and ban him from, from Celtic and get Sky Sports to actually well, invest more? If we're banning Andy Walker for talking about the Dubai trip, we should be banning Chris Boyd just for everything. But he's actually, even his conduct, he's, he's not even got any class about him, the way, he's standing, the way he stands here on that. But, but yeah. games. He's just... It, it, Chris Boyd's a nasty piece of work. I mean, there's ex-Rangers players that have come on as pundits, and I don't mind them. Mm-hmm. You could actually say that Ali McCoy, like an ex-Rangers manager, and had a risk, but he hasn't a bad word to say about Neil Lennon on Sky Sports. Do you yeah, know? That's one thing. Alan McCoy definitely had a bad thing to say about him, ever. No, he is, like you say, he was him and Walter Smith, and I mean, that's saying something, Walter Smith. Exactly. But any guys that were friends with like Tommy Burns the way that they were, know what I mean? Ali's just went back to being the, the cheeky chappy character and that. Yeah, that's right. I, and even the banter with himself and Chris Sutton and, and stuff like that. Is, but you know, do you know? I mean, that's what I mean. There's ways of, there's ways you go about these things. Do you know what I mean? You know, but Chris Comes, yeah, Chris Comes, Chris Boyd is just, again, causing controversy and saying he's, he's sitting there and he's not there as a commentator he's there as an ex-Rangers player that's basically yeah, yeah. And, 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 and he still classifies himself as a Rangers fan live in TV he's no shame in saying it he's no shame like boasting about when Rangers scored putting out live tweets during the game like sure because like Sky Sports shouldn't be letting this happen like you know but that's well, what I'm saying like you know it's funny what Mark said about the way he stands I don't think I've ever wanted to slap somebody so hard the way that he stands on TV with his hand in this like wee pocket that he's got at the top of his coat. I mean, what does he think? It's like he's a, like a bouncer on a nightclub or something. I the legs pure akimbo and that. I don't push that a bit. Like, I, don't, I, I don't understand it. Like, it's not even a big cool thing in that. Like, yeah, like you say, it's how, like, it's just how, like, 
it's just hilarious to watch. I like, think uh, I know. I think I know in the future how to get you two, two guys wound up live in the podcast. Anyway, future references. So yeah, but he. But the problem is, is like he's not respected anyway because he's just yeah. an idiot. He's just an idiot. So do do you think next season we say if Andy Walker will will be banned from from from, a, from both uh, Rangers and Celtic next season? I feel like he'll be banned to Park Hill. Do, do, do you think Sky Sports will be making changes to their panels next season, Mark? And if they did, who would you like to see on the, the, the Sky Sports Scottish football panel? Because Sky Sports always classify Scottish football as... as they, they classify Scottish football second class. Don't They, they don't give it the, the respect that it needs. They don't... Even, you know, even for the money they give us, they don't... They don't it's, or they're interested in Celtic Rangers games. Okay, yeah, you're right. The rest is just I don't know the word over. I know I don't even know. But even the lack of games that this season compared to to last season when BT was was on there, like you know, the, even the lack of games that Rangers that Sky Sports has shown across the like after the game, they just cut it off half the time. They didn't yeah. even, like you never got to hear say the managers and players on Sky yeah. Sports news. They've never even got the decency to extend the, past the ninety minutes. It's like the ninety minutes ends and then boom, right onto something else. You know, for watch the game. I don't watch many of the games on Sky Sports. I mm-hmm. go on the Celtic TVs. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but no, it's Sky Sports because it is. It's just rotten. It's the, just, like it was a bad move by the, the overall quality, of the presentation. It's just so. T- you know, what do you think we are? A tin pot league, so we'll just treat it like a tin pot league. Like considering, like Mark. Beat yeah. Different class, I thought the presentation for BT when they were covering the game. I'd see for even the sake of money, for all the money it is, we would have been better just taking less money for BT because at least BT were trying to promote the so interest. And now, even like what I liked about BT as well is even before the actual main event, they had the half an hour segment before it just mm-hmm. to talk even about everything Scottish football. And they had an impartial kind of content as well, like Michael Short used to be commentating on games as well and he always kind of gave a, an outside view on on, on both teams as well like, you know, <laughs> Michael, well, Michael Stewart impartial to a degree I mean he's still like you say he, he definitely doesn't like the name just like yeah, I'll say that for the guy but, like, yeah, I actually didn't mind I even like Stephen Cragen to an extent I actually mm-hmm. didn't mind him either like the whole panel were actually pretty good together until they brought obviously Alex Ray into it but again he's just the same as Chris Boyd, is he? You know what I mean? But, but we know, like, we, we have Sky Sports at least for another four years, and we know that, as you said, Mark, it was the biggest money that offers. Like, but for the sake of the game of, of, of Scottish football being promoted, like, it has been a bad move for, for, the, for the Scottish game, hasn't it? Just giving all the rights to, to Sky Sports, hasn't it? There's nothing they can do, though, is it? That's, that's, that's got to go to the highest bidder, is it? Mm-hmm. It's a bad yeah forward thinking if they just thought I will look at the effort BT have put in they're doing their bit they're promoting the games they're spending time analysing the games as much as Sky Day but they're choosing that or they should have got or the SPL or whoever it is we should have got assurances from Sky whether whether bid like TV time and this that and the next thing because like you say the quality on show and the presentation of the Scottish games no wonder the English like down there think our games that bad because of the TV coverage it gets, it doesn't look very good. 
Well, even after the Celtic and, uh, and Rangers games, like uh, after the game, is it's cut off fairly fast as well. Mike Linton does not much left on it. Like as you said, you have to go off to Sky News to get like in managers free press conferences and stuff like that. Like you know, like it's really kind of after taking away. Uh, what BT were after doing to the Scottish football the last couple of seasons. Well, they're not interested in the Scottish game Sky Sports. They're interested in the Seattle Rangers and that's because of the money that they bring. It's mm-hmm. all about money with these companies, that's it. And it's going back to, Mark, what Jonas was saying, that if Celtic and Rangers did, did move down south, would Sky Sports still invest in the Scottish game? You know? Oh, they, they would, but it wouldn't be. That, that's the golden the golden ticket took out the game if it happened, but they would still invest to some extent, but it would be buttons probably. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? I, I just think that is too, like you say, because of the the money is like that going to be that low. I, I think they just pull the plug on the Scott. But like I say, I would like to think that, like you say, that Celtic could be big enough to say it's like we talked about in the last podcast, it's all or nothing. Eh? I mean, see, like, I'm, I don't know how it works. My big man used a lot of money boys in the, boys in the chat, no, but. Is it he when like Sky covered that game on Sunday? That Sky that owned that across the world. Tell that to the American mm-hmm. channels and the Australian. Yeah, is it Sky that Sky would Sky Sky have the the exclusive rights for 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 Scottish football and what they do then is they they'll sell it to the likes of Espan over in America. So I, I think Espan used to show some matches there last season, but I don't know if they're showing it this season. Because Sky Sports were involved in it, but Esbern kind of had a link with BT Sports, and that's why they were showing them kind of last season. I know Esbern don't show up anymore, you know. So I think it's actually sells the Celtic Rangers games about the world, you know. They own all mm-hmm. the TV, right? Yeah, yeah. They must be making a fortune off of that. Yeah. So as we're on the topic of of uh, of Sky Sports, just bear with me while I, I read out something. Uh, another. Former Celtic player and former Sky Ponder Chad Nicholas. As you all know by now, Chad Nicholas has come out and said Scott Brown is no legend, no Celtic legend. Uh, his exact words were that all this talk about legend is nonsense. A legend should have someone's uh, best player in a team in a position and be remembered for doing something like the Lisbon Lions. So, ready 25 trophies over over four, 14 years at the club is not classified as a legend and shouldn't be considered as a legend compared to Chai Nicholas. Mark, what's your thoughts on Chai Nicholas uh, kind of blatantly slating Scott Brown here, hasn't he? I, I would, see, when I first read that, I thought it was it was a bit being tongue-in-cheek because mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe it when I read what he was saying. It has to do something like the Lisbon Lions Day, sir. Paul McStay, Tommy Burns, are the Celtic legends. Mm-hmm. Alan Nicholas has got a chip on his shoulder and about Celtic is getting back years. He seems to blame Celtic choosing to go to Arsenal when he's went to Liverpool. And his career, he's never had a good career ever in Celtic. I mean, Charlie Nicholas was my first Celtic hero. Well, I, was mm-hmm. about, I think I was about nine when he left. And I, I'll admit I probably did cry. But he was like the first, my first real Celtic hero. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's just been right down in my estimations. Mm-hmm. As I said, if it's no tongue in cheek, if it's serious, it's just it's shocking. Just again, with all these pundits that are on 
to be controversial and say things and oh, they're every, they're we're talking about Charlie Nicholas. Do you get what I mean? Exactly. It's kind of their version of clickbait websites and that. That's the kind of impression I get when you read st- stuff like this coming from. Uh, Boykins, you're... I, like I said, I just worry about the sanity of some people. That's what I mean. Like, Scott Brown's no settled. Look what he did in the time that he's at settled and the trophies he's won. I mean, if it wasn't for him half the time dragging us through certain games, we wouldn't have won near as much as what we'll have in the last wee while. No, I mean, he's been an outstanding player and captain for Celtic. I've been the most critical probably on the form of him in the last six months out of anybody. But you can't have gone about like he's, like he's, not, a Celtic, he's not a Celtic legend. Come on. But Mark, do you think, like, does, does in, in Charlie Nicholas's mind, does he actually think that he's a Celtic legend to, to, to be saying this stuff about Scott Brown? Like, does he class himself better than Scott Brown of what Charlie Nicholas did for Scotland, uh, for Celtic, sorry? is better than what Scott Brown did for, for Celtic in during his career. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been, I've been surprised me because well, Paul, uh, Michael said that he sometimes worries about what you know, people say when they come out things like that, but Charlie Nicholas has always been a bit weird when he comes out whenever he's on the telly. It's as if he doesn't actually think at all before he opens his mouth. Probably mm-hmm. guilty as that. Really guilty as him, the new sitting here, but it just seems to say things again, just to be controversial and against you. Some size I chip me shoulder about Celtic in general. I was, I can't mind off the top of my head, but there was something or a contract back. I don't know if that was in his second stint, his first stint, there was something or a contract, and he never seemed to get like losses. Kind of mm-hmm. arrogance about he was in the right, he should have been in the right. I think he's just best ignored now, Paul, to be honest. He's just, is, does he still work on Sky? No, he was no, let go from Sky Sky Sports Saturday, yeah? He was let go. That's what I was going to say. He got dumped by Sky Sports at the start of the season because of the amount of nonsense that he talks probably. Yeah, I've even heard stories of him. Somebody, somebody I know actually told me they were getting a flight up to Glasgow for London and he was coming up to today's turn and Nicholas was coming up to today's turn on the Celtic telly, the Celtic game, and he was half can like half nine in the morning drinking champagne and that on the plane but he was already half can getting on the plane he was kissing his Sky Sports check I said Mark I said that's, that's what he liked but like going by that like, like if if Scott Brown isn't classified as a Celtic legend like in my generation I don't know what can we expect to be a Celtic Celtic legend you know because legends come over years you know these these players like Scott Brown. Well, we did bust the other week about them, didn't we? Yeah. And I, you know, James Forrest on mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, James Forrest, he's, he's underrated. Oh, I'm not his biggest fan, as I explained that night, but just for the length of time he's been at the club and the trophies he's winning that. To me, James Forrest is a Celtic legend. In years to come, to get, you know what I mean? He'll be looked back on as a Celtic legend. Exactly, like it, I know Charlie Nicholas needs to realise as well that not every player needs to be at the stature of Larson and Kenny Dalgleish and that yeah. to, to be a status. Like he says, like going back to when I was first growing up watching Celtic, my idol, as weirdly as it was, was Jackie Mack. Uh-huh. I loved Jackie McNamara. Like he says, he was definitely not. And back then to me, he was a Celtic legend. Though. I had Tom Boyd on my list that night. We'd done that with the legends as well. I had your. I, 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 there's probably a lot of fans that wouldn't consider Jackie Mark a legend, but to me, he was back in the day. 
Yeah, but right. going back to what we were saying when 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 Michael you said that in the, the the live chat there when we when we were talking about that, Mark, that was one player that me and you forgot to consider. And you think of it like the amount of years that Jack McNamara spent at Celtic as well. And commitment he showed to Celtic. I see, you know? I thought oh, I thought of him I'd over James Forrest. You know, because it's unhard for now like to see players uh, spending so much of their careers at one club. You know, and Funny, like I said, I've just went and did some research and this is a kind of funny story from um, last year, just after the pandemic. I went for a game of golf with my dad at um, Glen Eagles on the Ryder Cup course and I met John Hartson there. He was playing golf that day and I was speaking to him on the range and he said, um, right, I was just asking him, he was speaking away, he was a great guy to, to have a conversation with. And I asked him, like, people that he never got on well with in the past and there was only two people that he said he could never be in the same room and one of them was Charlie Nicholas. Jesus. So that showed you what John Hartson thinks of him. Another one was actually Gordon Strachan, but he says that was just because he got rid of him and Gordon Strachan came in and he joked about that. <laughs> so so we, we move on from, from Charlie Nicholas and something that's going to be on, on our next podcast, but we, we'll get Michael in on it and, and, and we'll just get Mark to touch on it briefly before... We we close out the show. Is this these reports coming out from from Chelsea Football Club that from next season, from the first July, they're going to allow two fan supporters groups, like one person representing each group, to attend meetings, uh, board meetings, to voice fans' concerns and things. Should Celtic Michael be looking into something like this? Have some fans on on board meetings to the likes of we know Celtic Trust who are demanding this kind of of thing in board meetings that they want to have something on someone on the board meetings should we be looking into something like that? A progression, is it? Like say, at the end of the day, the fans are the football club. You know what I mean? Like you, say, mm-hmm. you take the fans out, then that's the hard one of the football club. And I think fans have got every right to have a say as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Mark, we we touched on the, the Celtic Trust before when when they came up with the the Lindel, uh Trust uh, investors companies that were involved in Celtic and and how they wanted um, a more input into the runs of Celtic, but the, the Chelsea group will just be there to to hear these hearings and and voice their concerns. Me, Paul, if you tell uh-huh. if you tell me about this, I'd have asked uh, two about it. He would have been able to tell me about. It. No, but we're going to discuss we're, we're going to discuss it more detail in in uh, on on the, on the next show. So I'm just getting. Let us know, you know, and I'll ask Ed too to find out about that. You know, that's coming out of Chelsea. See, mm-hmm. the thing about it was, I've always think with these things, I mean, who was that guy that ended up with Rangers board and lasted two days because they put some racist or something up on Twitter? I'd see when it comes to these fans, look, to me it always comes down to the ego. At some mm-hmm. time it comes down to the people's ego and it'll be... I mean, who who's going to choose who goes on to talk to these people? Who's going to choose who the spokesperson is kind of thing and then people think as well that once oh, if we could get somebody on the board but see once they go on the board they've got their fiduciary duties whatever they've got and they're bound by boardroom confidentiality and that fans I don't, I don't think it, I'm not saying it's not a good thing for fans to have a say in the club but I don't think it's I don't think it's going to work the way people Hope that it's going to work. So my only issue, Mark, with that is, uh, as you said, like 
they'd be bumped to board confidential and stuff like that. So they said they trust is a big organisation with numerous of supporters. But we say if that information got, got spoken out to within the Celtic Trust, they fed back the information what the board were doing. Uh, and if someone leaked that information out that, to the media rules that the board didn't want to get out, like, you know, that's that, that's a worried sign as well going down the line. And there's, you know... The worrying as well, things like the, uh, the stock exchange and... I say, I've got to think you're getting into that kind of territory. Fine line, mm-hmm. is it? What was that? Exactly. It's a, it's a fine line, is it, that you've got to watch here. Like, yeah, like you say, fans are, like you say, I'm, I'm all for fans, I'm going to say, but you also need to... You've got to watch. They've got to know their capabilities. See if it was going to be anybody other... See, like J.P. Taylor. J.P. Taylor, do I have him He's been the SLO for, for many years. You know what I mean, I knew him when he was still working in the ticket office 20-odd years ago. J.P. Taylor would be the ideal guy to do that. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's level-headed as well. I mean, like, imagine somebody like myself into something like that. Exactly. I mean, that's just asking for trouble, right? Anyway, is it? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I know for I couldn't do it, no. No. It's like we spoke about, Mikey, I know, about being referees. No matter how much you enjoy being a referee and try to be impartial, see if it comes to you refereeing a game. You're, no, it's, it's in your psyche. You're a bit biased. You're going to favour your own team. Well, you're just honest enough to say that, like you said, and like, it came out with referees in the past that I've had connections with this, that, and that. And I just, I just, and say other impartial now, and I, I, I just think that you can't. And you, you know do. I mean, on social media bodies, accounts that are supposedly connected to your representative on the board, and all that kind of part, or it was just. If it needs to, if it was going to happen, it would need to be structured in a, the right kind of way. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to bring up something that's totally off subject just for a minute, and it's just a rumor that's came through just there from somebody that's just been texting me. Mm-hmm. The rumor is that Celtic, and I don't know how this could have happened or what. Is it true that Celtic have close to finalising the deal for the young guy at Hibs, Josh Doyen? Josh Doyen, yeah, I, I I just saw that coming through there. Who's that? I just got a text through there, and that's the same guy that said about Edward and that when we first signed him, he was on loan loan back then, and he's normally bang on the money for that, and supposedly he'll be announced in the next 48 hours. It's gone back to us, uh, like I, we touch on um, this 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 fans group again because I I think it's an interesting thing like to see if all the clubs are will start going big in fans onto board meetings, but it's just going back to the dying issue there. Uh, that it's going back to what Barry said in the last podcast, Mark, that Celtic should be signing the the next big talent in in Scottish football and this Hibs player is listing the next big talent in in, in Scottish football and, and to sign him would be a big statement. I've seen a few times I thought he was okay and I'm sure I mentioned him on the forum but a couple of the guys weren't too keen on him and said he wasn't he wasn't good enough in that, but I was impressed with what I seen him. Is it how do you pronounce it? Is it Doig? Yeah, Josh Doig. Yeah, Doig. I was impressed with him, and I've said that as well, Paul. We, mm-hmm. we need to we need to look at the the best young. We should have been doing it for years. Might see back when Rangers were doing nine in a row. That's how guys like McInnes and that end up at Rangers. They weren't the great players, but they were the best players. In, he was a good player in Scotland at the time. Even, Char- even Charlie Muller on that back in the day as well. They just said the best, they made sure they were signing the best players in Scotland, and that way 
Celtic, weren't he? That was basically the wide ranger. Neil McCann was another good end for that the return for them too. Back in the day. Neil McCann, he was decent. Neil McCann told me at Paul McStay's testimonial he was signing for Celtic. That's gospel. I'd witnesses and everything to that. Neil McCann told Mm-hmm. So I just gone back there to to the light chat there for like this is going back to what what you're saying there about Celtic already supposedly signing players that uh, David Thompson said Celtic are working hard uh, behind the scenes working on the background putting stuff together and putting proper structure. So realistically, like if things are happening this way, you have to take that a manager has already been installed, that we know the manager's been installed, if we're kind of signing these players, Mark, already, you, you, you would kind of think that there's a manager there already working behind the scenes, wouldn't you? It's, it's looking more and more like it if these stories coming out are true. I, I, I think earlier, and I can't find it anywhere it was, there was some journalist, and he said even behind the scenes, the Celtic board have been like dropping hints that the manager's in place and working. Mm-hmm. Again, we've said that earlier on the podcast. If Lee Griffiths has been told that he wants to look at you, how who's how they must know who the new manager is. I mean, the manager must have sense as well because I think there's a couple of guys on the phone that are no interest in Griffiths. But I mean, I say it a lot, but he's in he's a no brainer to give a pre season to to see how he comes back and fit in that because he's guaranteed goals. That guy. Yeah, and another player that. Celtic should consider, and we spoke about him in in depth. Mark and Michael is uh, is Lewis Fox, another up and come talent in, in Scottish football. He's a player definitely that realistically could replace Scott Brown if if Celtic have a big interest in Scottish players that he well, should be one we should be making a, a bid for. I'll be sick if like says if he doesn't end up at Celtic. I'll be sick if he um, if he goes on elsewhere. It's a no brainer for me. You know, but I, even if Celtic need to spend serious money on him, just even blow Rangers out of the water with wages and transfer fees, they should do it. See if Aberdeen turn and say they want eight million pounds for him. Why no? Well, the thing is that look at Scott Brown. Look at how key that signing was for ten years. Uh-huh. He just just beat Rangers to the signing of him. You know what I mean? And then look what happened. So no, I mean like you say, they kind of they've got they've got to they've got to do it again. That that people are talking rubbish and that saying spend eight or eight million pounds on him, but, but we've seen him, we know what he's capable of and the the potential that he's shown. It's just see if he was a foreign player, see if he was a foreign player and you put a video cut up of him and say Celtic in for him meant to be eight million pounds. People go, oh, oh that's great, let's get him signed. Well, people are going on about Jared and Shaqiri. I've been a massive fan of him for years. And if he's coming on loan, then great. I mean, I can't see Celtic helping anybody who's Celtic out with players, especially with a link to him. But um, think of the money that it would cost to get him on loan. Exactly. Would it be better actually putting that money into a permanent, proper player? It's going to only get better in fear. It's only going to get better. And serious money for probably. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. He's going to cost a fortune to bring in that Jared and Shaqiri on loan. That's going back to to kind of previous things back. I said in in in, uh, in podcasts like this rebuild. Like like should we 
be more looking to the future of the first team rather than just doing a quick fix and, and getting these players like Shakiri and stuff like that on big wages and big signing on loan fees. You know, should we be signing the best talents that are in Scottish football and, and the best Mix it up a wee bit. It doesn't need to be just one road we take. Mm-hmm. We're talking, we were talking about Barkash leaving. We mentioned the other night that Bournemouth keeper Begovic. I'd be mm-hmm. happy we get him. He's in a free transfer. I'd be happy if Barkas left and we signed Begovic in a one or two year deal. I'd be happy enough with that while Connor Hazard's out alone to see how he develops. The only thing I would say about that, I thought, is I would be happy enough for that as well, Mark, as long as. It's not a loan deal for Barkas back to AEK. Because they're the, they'll be going back for what they paid or nothing. I said that earlier as well, Mikey, for getting more money back for him. Yeah, that's fine. I, I know a loan, no. Because if they're going to go and loan him out then, just keep him. <laughs> like, just keep, just keep him and give him a pre-season. But if, like, as me a beggar, which I said that as well, I mean, he's been about for a while, but he's not that old either. That's what I mean. He's been a... A top keeper down there for what the last what twelve years or something. Ah, he's been ah, he's been playing down there for years. He's exper- older, experienced. He's a great signing. Even even for the likes of trading backers and stuff like that, Berkovich, like would this just give more experience to him as a goalkeeper? You know. Yeah, well, I was just trying to check there. See that? Oh, that's when you know you're getting older. I was born '86. Begovic is only 83 um, born in 87 so he's only 73 years of age so I thought he was actually a lot older than that is that all he is? is it 30? yeah he's only just turned 30 he's only just turned 33 he's waiting to be 34 in June oh I thought he was a lot older than that as well so we can we can, we can actually see yeah. by Adam, Adam McGregor that actually if if you're the, the right professional you look after yourself as a goalkeeper you could play right into your 40s, Mark, can't you? You know, if you keep yourself fit and, and, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, you know? Really fancy goalkeepers at that age at Celtic or that, but if that's all Berkovic is, that's a, that's a great shout, that. Yeah, only just 33, like you said, and if he's available. He was about 36. It's just, that's what uh, long he's been about. Yeah, like he came on the scene when he was young, because remember, I think was he maybe at Portsmouth or that when he was younger. I think. Yeah, Portsmouth. Yeah, geez, I, I actually yeah, don't. At Portsmouth, he started in two thousand and five. At Portsmouth, then he went to Stoke, then Chelsea, then to Bournemouth. But what is what what is his contract situation? Is it up or? Yeah, his contract's up at the end of the season. But he just recently went on loan to Milan as well, so he's obviously well sought after. I forgot about that, Mikey. We're a good shout. You know. So, like you said, he's just, like that's different. Like I say, I'm, I'm trying to blow. Barkas up here now I'd love to keep him but like it says if you're able to recoup the money for him and then bring in Begovic for free then well it's going back to what we were saying saying uh, earlier in the podcast Michael Dash we give Barkas another go and and things like that but having Begovic as a backup to Barkas would be great but having having Bain as backup to to Barkas like that, that that's worrying that straight away going into next yeah. season like into having Bain as your backup keeper again if if things did if things didn't work out for Barkas and we ended up with Bain again next season you know and we're back in this situation where we are this year with goalkeepers again you know you know no I say I don't think I don't think Bain will be there next season if I'm being honest but you know like we don't I I I I told each other like we we saw it like. In the in the last couple of games, like that, 
Bain isn't the quality keeper, you know, because the goals that have, that, that have been shot, like, you expect your keeper, realistic, to, to save the, these, these, these goals, Mark, don't you? Awesome. you know? I think Bain's get worse. Okay. Yeah, you definitely got worse. Ah, see when we signed him, I thought I thought he was a decent keeper. And I remember, I remember his day. He did, he did. He was against Rangers. Rangers. He did was against Rangers. Yeah, but even at that game, he nearly fumbled the ball too. But he he just got it off the line. Yeah, yeah. He actually had an alright game that day, to be fair to him. But um, like Mike Mark says, ever since that game, it's just been a steady decline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've argued on the forum and I think he was good enough for like for number two. I've said I think he was a good enough number one for a lot of SPL t- level teams. Yeah. I'm not so su- I'm not too sure about that. No, you, it's a confidence thing with him as well, isn't it? Well, it's same as like you say. I think you honestly say it as well that Ben has still got a house in Dundee. Um, after because he was a Dundee. Jonas sure, is renting rent this. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Jonas is all over it. He but he's but yeah, he's in the bin watching him. But he says, um, as much as he would not like it, he's got a sneaky suspicion about that Benjamin Segrist and Ben swapping my money. He's just got a bad feeling, for, like a bad feeling for him. Good for good for us, bad for them. <laughs> exactly. That was number one, Mikey. Nah, Segrist, no. No. But he'd be like you say, that's the kind of number two you're looking for. Yeah, I, 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 I won't be confident, Mark, going into next season with Barkas and Ben. As your two main goalkeepers next season, like you know, you, you just don't feel confident to do it. It went this season. If Barkas doesn't turn out to be the keeper, we're hoping it to be like, geez, you you couldn't depend on Bain filling the boots again. Like, oh, it doesn't I mean, like breed confidence either. When we're speaking to Barry, like the the back four build confidence from your keeper. He was saying the other night, Mark, like you can obviously see that these players aren't getting no confidence. With being behind the goal, like you know, confidence. Well, it's just it's not just confidence. It's definitely communication between the goalkeeper and the defence. We saw yeah in the Rangers game. You saw Alan McGregor's ball rolling at the lad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's there's none of that with Celtic. Even the defenders, you don't even see the defender. I mean. It's part and parcel of the game. If you make a mistake, somebody in your teammate shouting at you, you say, oh, get your finger out, don't let that happen again. There's been none of that with Celtic this season. Mm-hmm. And like, so you look at back, like, when Barry um, was playing back at Dundee back in the early days, and you look at the goalkeepers that they had. And even back when Barry played for Dundee, they had Julian Speroni as the number one. Speroni, the Crystal Palace keeper, yeah. Again, a player that, and also had Jamie Lanfield as a backup. So even back in Dundee, back when... Like Barry, they were two top goalkeepers, especially Speroni. He was a really good goalkeeper. Well, back on to like the Celtic thing, it's surely if I had Barkas and Seagrass, I would be happy enough. But Barkas and Ben, again, that's just that's just asking for problems. But if I had Begovic and Seagrass, that's major upgrade for next season. Exactly, exactly. So, Fox, we're going to let it there for tonight. Uh, our thanks again for. Michael for joining us on the show and thanks to to, to Mark and for myself. Uh, good night and thank you. Uh, John and then Mark over to yourselves. Well, just thanks very much everybody for joining us. Thanks again Paul for everything you do and Mikey for joining us as well. Yeah, no problem. It's always good to have you on. Uh, so just good night lads and if you've not subscribed, 
do so and finish. Okay? God bless. This episode of the Boz and Bovo podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumors TV YouTube channel.